How's it going, everyone? Welcome into the Sports Appeal Podcast. I'm your host, AJ Teal. As always, to my right, my co-host, and my dad, Noel Teal. Dude, I want to be Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> the superstar. The superstar down in Florida. Arguably, is he the best player in South Florida playoffs this postseason? Ooh. We have to have that debate. I don't know. Jimmy Butler fans out there are not very happy with what I just said. But Okay, A, it's a good debate. B, is he the best American-born player in the National Hockey League right now? It might be. Might be. I mean, this is, this is Patrick Kane Jr. we're watching right now, especially what he's doing young in his career, and he's having one of the best postseasons of all time. I mean, this is ridiculous uh, how clutch he's been and uh, how good, especially in the East Conference Final, um, when nothing – Nothing was on the Panthers, no pressure or whatever, and they would go ahead and sweep the the Canes there, which was unreal with a goal with four seconds left uh, just to, to seal it there at home. They've won 11 of 12. You want to talk right. about a team that's on fire. This team is fun to watch. And by the way, uh, you know, we're joking about Matthew Kachuk, but one of my favorite things I've ever seen, you know, back in my day when Michael Jordan – the iconic video of him taking off from the foul line and then switching his hands in the air and his tongue is hanging out. And obviously his tongue hanging out is like a, a meme for all generations. Did right. you see when Matthew Kachuk scored the goal with four seconds left to, to, to send them to yeah. the overtime? Had the, uh, the tongue out, the, the mouthpiece out. The yeah. mouthpiece was, was out of sick. his mouth and he was chewing on it while he was making a move around the goalie to score the winning goal. That was cool. Yeah. We'll talk more about the NHL playoffs there. And then obviously the Nuggets sweeping and Boston for now at the time of this episode goes out. We really don't know um, if they can yep. get it done in game five, but they stayed alive in game four. And now they have a little return trip to Boston. We'll talk about that too. And then it's a wide receiver day on today's podcast Ooh. is why we got the CD lamb back there. And we're going to come at you now. We did uh, uh, our quarterback rankings uh, for the NFL upcoming season. We did them by uh, conference there just to have a little bit of different perspective. Um, now we're going to come at you with the top five wide receiver rooms going into the 2023 season here. So we're going to take a look at, at some of these teams, how deep they go at the wide receiver position. Um, and I think we'll have a couple of disagreements. It was a hard list for me. I mean, honorable mentions, I have at least eight, you know, and we only did top five. I wanted to do top 10. You said it was too much. So we went five, which is fine with me. It just made it harder because there's, there's a lot yeah. of good duos. There's a lot of good trios in the NFL, but a lot of these teams, they fall off after that. And, and we know that some of these fourth, fifth options can come in, you know, can, can, can be a, a major factor um, for some of these teams. So no uh, we'll get into that. We'll go five to one. Um, and, and I'm sure we'll have some, some disagreements there. So we have a lot to talk about on today's episode. Let's get in it. Uh, let's get to it. Let's run it. Um, we'll start over um, on just some news pieces here, kind of in the sports media world. Um, with with our boy Pat McAfee, um, mm -hmm. this was this was last week, but we didn't get a chance yeah. to talk about him going over to ESPN, joining the dark side. Um, I guess a little bit. Um, he had the FanDuel deal for, I mean, forever 30, now. I mean, thirty million dollars a year for four years. That yeah. man was getting paid a hundred and twenty million dollars. Over $100 million by FanDuel. He was on a platform of YouTube where he could say and do anything he wanted and it wasn't censored. And if you, man. if you watch yep. Pat McAfee, it's not very kid-friendly uh, content, I guess, or language, uh, you yep. should say. 
And and now he goes, he's, he, I guess you could say sell out or whatever you want, but took a big deal, goes to ESPN. And look, what, what happens, what, what the good thing about it is he's not going to have a show on ESPN. Like he's just signing with ESPN. I don't know if he'll have, you know, special appearances, or whatever, but he's still going to have a show on YouTube. So at the end of the day, as long as ESPN doesn't kill his his creativity and doesn't, you know, well, it's going to tell, be tell him what to do. It's going to be on ESPN, too. I mean, the way that they have it structured now is it's going to be Greeny, Stephen A. Smith, and then Pat McAfee. You know, so his oh, wow. show is going to be on TV. Right. So, well, so it's going to dual. I think it's going to dual stream, right, mm-hmm. until ESPN has their streaming service. But, I mean, I guess the crazy thing is, right, I mean, A.J. Hawk, I assume, is going with him, right? Right. I mean, that, that man is stoned the entire, you know, every episode, Right. I mean, at what point is ESPN going to be like, hey, guys, do you? Because that's what well, is exciting about their show. Yeah, that's ex- that's what I'm saying is they they have their own thing, you know, their own friend group, their own way they do things. That isn't exactly, you know, PG. on TV yeah, as PG. So I don't know. It, 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 I'm hoping it works out. I don't think Pat McAfee's a stupid dude. And I don't think he'd take no. this deal knowing that he'd have to change his whole entire show. So. ESPN, uh, I think this has happened before. They've had battles in the past. Like, I'm, didn't Pat McAfee work for ESPN in, in the past? Yeah. Like, he was on yeah. College Game Day. Um, yeah. You know, he was doing things, and and he went a little over the top, and they they had to, you know, kind of cool him down. So, I don't know. I hope it works out, but it, it doesn't seem like ESPN is just going to all of a sudden, you know, be be lenient towards, towards Pat. Well, obviously, somebody's going to be on the beep button all day long, right? Yeah. I mean, that thing will Definitely be beeped has. every five seconds. So I guess that there's a, there's a point where I'm sure he's going to lighten the language, but there'll be slips and beeps all over the place. But at the end of the day, I mean, ESPN knows what they're getting. Pat McAfee is a brand, right? I yeah. mean, he has a style all his own that nobody can match. And there's no way that he is going to get PG and Disneyified by going to ESPN and being like, okay, I'm making 35, 40 million a year and I'm okay taking the money, but I'm going to go against everything that I've created and the entire fan base is going to alienate me. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, again, that's, that's the reason we were talking about is, is Pat McAfee kind of just has been doing his own thing and he's getting paid for it. Like this isn't, that's the reason I'm not saying sell out and he did it for the money. Like he was already getting money. So there was obviously a reason he wanted to go to a more solidified brand, uh, yeah, and, and well, take he's already, it, you know try to get his audience to uh, uh, more people. Um, listen, like that, he gets he gets much more production value. He gets much more marketing dollars behind him. He's sitting on right. a platform that he's going to be able to still do College Game Day and other things because they're going to put him on other things, right? I mean, the, what's happening at ESPN is they are reducing the amount of their staff. And putting their people on the same people on more things like you see Greeny doing, you know, the uh, the pregame show for the NBA playoffs. And, right. you know, you, you're seeing, you know, their their NHL guys on the NHL pregame show and, you know, and Steve Levy and all them. So mm-hmm. their best people are definitely getting a lot more work in the sense that they don't they're not spreading it out over, you know, 100 people. Right. So we'll see how it works. I'm sure in the next couple uh, weeks we'll see that kind of getting incorporated yeah uh, we'll update on that uh, let's get into the playoffs right now uh, we ju- we were talking in the intro with the nhl the panthers did in fact sweep the hurricanes get the broom out your get the stat- broom out your, your your insane stat of the day is the 
Carolina Hurricanes have been to three out of the last five uh, Eastern Conference final. And in those 12 game. Eastern Conference final games, they are 0 and 12. They've they been haven't won a game. The last three times that they made it here. Sweeped? Not what? swept? Sweeped? Swept. What is going on here? I mean, this is the pan- we We knew the Panthers would win this series. I think I said it in five. I think you took them in six. No, I didn't expect this domination. To, to, to win in Carolina is a hard thing to do. They did it easy. And when they got back home, you know, both games, I know the, the last game was going to go into overtime until Tuchuk scored, but both games, they, they dominated the play. And they, they, were, they were too fast. They were just too physical. And, and, and they, they played this style of game that the Hurricanes could never overcome uh, and and it was it was pretty impressive to watch to ch- what Chuck is doing, uh, especially in this series and the whole postseason. He has come through in every way for the Panthers now, and they will go to the Stanley Cup for the first time since 1996. Yep, or 94, so, 96, something like that. I think 96, yeah. where they lost to the Avalanche there. Uh, so it's it's been 27 years since Florida's been there. Listen, that, first of all, number one, you have to give your hats off to to Bobrovsky. I mean, right. I have never seen him play this well. I, I maybe, yeah. maybe and this is ten years. What is it? This yeah. is year sixteen, seventeen. Thir- this thir- is like thir- thirteen, thirteen. This is a guy who's been in the league for forever now as a as a veteran, um, and has has played in the playoffs. And he's never he's never had a team quite this talented that he's been around. But he's uh, never played, but he he also has it? never played this right. good in the postseason. He's never played remember. this good. They were the president's club. They were the president's, uh, you know, uh, champion or whatever. What do we call it? When, when they have the most points in the league, yeah. you know, just a year ago. Yeah, right? last so, year. But yeah, I don't even. So, but their team obviously was was a year, you know, behind, or a year ahead or whatever you want to put it. Because but, last year they they lost to the light or they got swept by the lightning. Um, and and they were you know he couldn't do anything against that team. And now here the Panthers aren't winning sense. games five six, five, you know five four like. He just had a shutout last game, and and he's been amazing. Uh, he's he's making every save. Well, I, I think look, the, every all four games were close. I mean, if you want to look at, you know, yeah, they got swept Carolina, but they lost every single game by one goal, mm-hmm. right? So like, this is not a we got dominated or destroyed. The one thing that is unbelievably evident that we were said that we said from the get go, they don't have enough scoring on Carolina. Right, yeah, I they mean, struggle, and and, and the co- coach, their their coach said it best. Who may or may not be fired after this. I don't, I don't know what He's will happen. To, fired. I don't, I don't think he will. But yeah, but it, but he's had. They they haven't been able to get over this hump, so there'd be reasoning to it. I mean, the Rangers would jump all over that in a second. Yeah, but I I think, I think that that the Hurricanes, you know, and and he, again, he said it, their coach said it best was they were they were a good enough team without their players to get to this point. But when you need a guy like Tuchuk, you know, to st- to to step up, and you don't have Tuchuk available in the Carolina, you know, uh, in, in in their instance, like they didn't have anybody to step up in those moments. Florida did; they were available. All their guys that have been hot played well this series once again, and they'll go to the Stanley Cup with you know as as equal of a chance as as whoever Ve- if Vegas finishes is out or if Dallas yeah. takes us a little longer, they will have as 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 good of a chance to win as 100%. as whoever they play. You know, if, if they had Sveshnikov and they had Pacioretty in this series, right, and Terry Vinen, you know, wasn't as hurt as, you know, I mean, he came back, but he wasn't the same player. Those three guys were a tremendous part of that offense, right? And when you take that away, you're taking a big part away. I mean, Keith Kachuk has nine goals and 12 assists in this playoffs in 16 games, 
right? Four game winners and three in overtime. He is just the man who comes up when you need him most. And right now, is there a better American-born player? Like, if right now, would you take would you take Maka Chuck, Austin Matthews, or Jack Eichel, or Patrick Kane? Which one are you taking? I'm taking Kachuk all day long. He's 24 I mean, years old. To Chuck right now. I mean, look what yeah. Matt, Austin Matthews didn't even score a goal in their in their series where they lost to Florida. I mean, they, this guy is is coming in at the right time, coming into form. He's he's a young player um, who who has had 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 spots in the past where he's come, but hasn't been inconsistent. And in the in the as the eighth seed with nothing to lose, you know, playing the best team to ever step foot on the ice in the NHL and the Bruins, the first round. From that series on, Tuchuk has stepped up in the in yeah. the biggest moment, and he's. I, would, I wouldn't say he's carried this team, but without him, I mean, they wouldn't even. No, there would be nowhere it's, near here. He has come in like fa- so clutch for them. My my favorite part was the uh, the ESPN announcer, I forget her name, Jackie, whatever the the sideline reporter. She uh, was interviewing Bobrovsky after the game, and she said, "You know, Sergey." you've been playing amazing. This team's done great. He goes, she's like, what's the difference for you? I mean, you're playing so well. He goes, uh, we have Matthew Kachuk. But he's, he's also being very, you know, nice and, and uh, yeah, you know, he, a he's a big reason he, there where they're at. Right. He's, he's, he's being, you know, generous and, and not trying to take all the credit. Humble. Um, humble. humble. Yeah. He's, he's being humble. So, to Chuck is it, it he's exactly right. Without them, they would not be here right now. But everyone's playing their role. Bobrovsky's playing great. And this team rolls in. I know Vegas is on, you know, t- uh, tonight as okay. the time we're recording this, but it could be a sweep as well with Vegas, you know, that I think the stars get game four. I, I don't think they go down with the sweep here. I, I think they can battle at home. The stars can fight. I know that I think it was it was it uh, Jamie Ben who got yeah. suspended. Oh he my god, did you see play? What yeah, it happen? A, no, I did. It, weird play. Like he just took his okay. aggression out. Correct, and uh, uh, just at the wrong time. Really bad. I mean, really first bad. of all, he caught he, he caught his he cost his team a five minute major, which of course I, Vegas scored, scored on, and that was and that was the end. They, two they scored them. two on it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, the game was you over. You can't after start. That. Uh, you know, you're already down two on a series. You can't start a yeah. game three at home with a five minute power play. They're already down two nothing. It was it was right. over then. I'm, with, I'm and, and Jimmy Ben, play. isn't Jimmy Ben the captain of the the Stars? Yes. Or yeah, yes. like you, that can't happen in game no. three. And and I mean, it was so brutal. I mean, when he just he he knocked him down, and as he's on the ground, he just cross checked him in the jaw and kept pushing the stick yeah. through his face. Just like just frustration let out at that at at, at the wrong time and the wrong moment. Yeah. And now two I two game I, suspension, I, two games. Yeah, it's it's big. The, the stars won't win this series, but I think they get one tonight, no. and then the Golden no. Knights. No, we'll have to we'll have to go back to Dallas. Hold on, calling for the let, let me get my broom. The bro- the broom's out. The broom's out. In the NBA playoffs, we had another sweep um, where the Nuggets, in oh, fact, did. We called uh, that. Beat the, beat the Lakers there. Yeah, we thought that it was over. The The Lakers had other ideas. They didn't exactly want it to be over. Very close game. Nuggets with only with a two-point victory. And then, obviously, the end, LeBron has an opportunity, gets stuffed, and the, the Nuggets took the win. But, uh, yeah, the, the Nuggets, you know, were – like we said, the Nuggets could come out in this game and they could say, yeah, we'd rather win at home. But the Nuggets still came out and said that they wanted to, you know, end this in, in four games here. It, the most the most really surprising thing, and I know we keep talking about the Nuggets and how good Jokic and Murray is, 
but just something different to focus on a little is, is Aaron Gordon and how well he's playing in this game, nine for 14, 22 points, six rebounds, five assists, uh, four offensive rebounds, uh, playing great defense on whoever he's asked, whether it was Hachimura, LeBron, uh, any of their, their Anthony wings, Davis. There. Anthony Davis, yeah. if they went, you know, uh, small there, like just, just had an excellent series. Uh, and, and now a player that we've watched for so many years, obviously in Orlando is finally coming into full form. And you're seeing a guy who was once, once was asked to be the number one option on a terrible Orlando magic team is now thriving as the fourth option, maybe even fifth Crazy. on a nuggets right. team. So if that doesn't tell you how dangerous they are, you know, maybe this sweep and, and just the way that Jokic is playing with everybody, Murray shooting the ball um, at, a, at an incredible rate right now. They, they go into this final. I know we'll talk about Heat Celtics in a little bit. They go into this final. They should be massive favorites over whoever they play. Oh, 100%. This, I'm telling you right now, I, I, I can't say this anymore. This is the best six players in the NBA right now as a team. Like, that nobody's going to beat them. I, I don't care who makes it through, Miami or Boston. Denver will win the championship as long as everybody stays healthy, you know? And, and, and the, Le- the, yeah, go the, ahead. The, the, I was going to say, the, the one thing I want to, like, tip my hat on is to LeBron, right? LeBron could have easily just been like, screw this. I'm done. I'm hurt. I can't walk. You know, like, we're, we're down 3-0. Let's just call it a year. When, when he scored 31 points in the first half, to try to will this team to the victory. Now, I get it. Every quarter, his points went down by half, right? I was like 12, then like eight, then six, and then three or whatever. Like, I get it. He ran out of gas, right? But my God, he gave them at least a chance. He played it. Yeah. He played every minute. Of, every minute. Down 3-0 in a series at 40 years old. You give him 40 30. points. He's only 38. Don't make him 30. 40 yet. 40 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists in a game where Anthony Davis was terrible offensively. I didn't like, outside of game one and his 41 points, I think I thought Anthony Davis had offensively had a terrible series. I mean, I I am used to seeing Anthony Davis being a three-point threat, having a consistent mid-range jump shot. I didn't see that in this series. I I saw him, him hesitant to take those shots. It was almost like, remember watching Zabonis in the Warriors series, and I'm not trying to compare the two uh, players. Yeah. I'm just talking in the sense that Zabonis shot Wouldn't threes you? in the regular season, shot his yeah. mid-range jump shot, like had an offensive game. It wasn't just a post game. And then in that series, all it took was Draymond Green to get in his head and he, he wasn't even taking those shots. We saw the same thing with Anthony Davis. Like he was hesitant to take those shots. And even if he did take them, they didn't look confident at all. And, and something just killed his, his offensive, uh, you know, mojo there. And now the Lakers will be sent home and, and LeBron will have to think of if he wants to come back for year he's 20 back and i think he'll I come back i promise you i think that back. uh anthony davis will be there and then we'll see if the lakers the the biggest question this offseason is is it is it it's two routes do we resign the young guys and maybe get another piece or two um and work around on our tight cap situation or are we gonna go go through this again where we we, we sell the soul don't do that and get a Kyrie irving or a, another star player and i i still stand pat I don't think the Lakers are going to do that. I don't think that is the right decision. I know it may seem like LeBron wants that to happen and LeBron wants one more run at it, but this is something where they need to keep this team. They made the Western Conference final with this team. This wasn't just LeBron. This wasn't just Anthony Davis. Like this team stays together. They could, they, they could, they could still be a top four team in the West. 
I'll be very surprised if Hachimura and Austin Reeves aren't back next year. Yeah. I'll be and, very and I say this, I'll say if I will be surprised if Hachimura isn't back there. He should get a contract. He should stay there and be a starter for the team next year. And But I, I still stand on the Austin Reeves. He was amazing in this series, mm-hmm. and he was all over the place showcasing his talent all through the playoffs. Just kept getting better and better. And in, in the you know bigger moments was was coming out and you know scoring twenty five points and someone's going to throw money at him and the mm-hmm. Lakers you know I know that the the cap in the NBA is a little weird and there's there's luxury tax but you know the some I will be surprised because we saw this with DeAndre Ayton last year where the Indiana Pacers threw money at DeAndre Ayton and and the Suns it took it it wasn't an exact we're going to match any offer like the Pacers yeah. threw max money at. At DeAndre Ayton and the Suns, you know, had a tough decision. They eventually made the decision yeah. of matching it, you know, and, and Reeves could get a, a big contract. We'll see if, you know, what happens. Usually the team matches it, but hopefully Reeves is magic. Yeah, so, I, I, I think the biggest issue with this team is there's just no bench, right? Yeah. I mean, the, you, you said it on the last broadcast, D'Angelo Russell just went went. Waldo, like where the hell did he go? Yeah. Like I don't know. he was so good, so good in that last series against Golden State, and he just disappeared in this series. Uh, you know, Lonnie Walker did nothing in this series. Like they were getting production from their bench, and yep. they didn't get it in these last couple of games, especially this last game. This was all the starters. Yeah, they ran out of gas. They ran out of gas. Ran out of gas. Nuggets to the finals for the first time in franchise history. There, so let's go, Denver. Congrats to the Nuggets. And then tonight, we have Game 5, Heat Celtics at home. Celtics are big favorites once again at home. I don't understand the big spread. You're just asking. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Miami plus eight and a half. The points. And by the time this goes out, we could could have a Heat-Nuggets final, or the Celtics might take this and and extend it a little longer. You can't deny how well of a game the Celtics played in Game 4. Yes. With nothing going for them. Nothing going for them. The uh, second half, second. Okay. just the okay. game as as a whole. I I thought they they were. It, I mean, in the fact that they had they had you know the, the coach had the Missoula had publicly said that they that he'd lost the locker room. Uh, they were uh, they were just no effort in games. You know, two and three down three zero in the series. Still in Miami, that crowd was electric. Still in Game Four, they wanted that sweet bad, mm-hmm. and. You know, th- this was a game that the Celtics came out and they they fought. This was they had this was the most effort they'd put in defensively to a game. They have they have to match Miami's defense, you know, defensive mentality if they're gonna, you know, make a run at trying to come back in this series. Um, and I, I really liked how Tatum played. Fourteen for twenty two is is much like, uh, you know, a good Tatum performance there. Hit four threes, eleven rebounds, seven assists there. Um, I, I still think that, you know, this Grant Williams presence all of a sudden, 14 points at the bench, that's huge there because Malcolm Brogdon, for whatever reason, has been awful this series. I don't know what happened. He was great in the, the Philly series, not six man of the year anymore. He's been he's his minutes are even going down there. So I think when you're getting this production from Grant Williams, Robert Williams, I still say is a somewhat of a, you know, mini MVP for this team. Like when he comes to play. And he's impacting the game on both sides. Like they just seem to play better with him. Um, and and everyone seemed to in the second half, like you said, step up and hit shots. And defensively, they were in the face of the Heat. You know, ca- causing turnovers. The Heat had 15 turnovers. That's not really the Heat's game there. And and the Celtics only had 10. The first three games of that series, the numbers were were switched around there. 
Um, 18 threes for the Celtics, only eight for the Heat. That's more of how this series was supposed to go um, in this in, in, in game four. And they get a good right. one defensively. If they come back and play that way tonight, this will be 3-2. But I will still stick with the fact that I think the Heat get game five. And I think this ends mm-hmm. in Boston. It, it's a tough pick. Gabe Vincent out is a huge that, loss. It's a huge guard loss. There. Yeah. Um, they will have, I'm sure, Kyle Lowry fill in at his spot. Maybe even move some stuff around and, and have Butler win the, the point guard and then put Caleb Martin in there. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the, the Gabe Vincent loss is big. Like, we can't just sit around and say that Gabe Vincent is just another guy. Like, he's been playing amazing for, for this team, and he's been the starting point guard this whole postseason. So uh, that that's a big loss, but I just I, I don't want to totally buy into the Celtics having another game like, like they did. They're going to have to play excellent tonight. I think the Heat are – they're not just going to sit around and, and accept the Celtics coming back to make this. This is this was three zero for a reason. I think that he come to play tonight. But Butler, this is one of those times where he can have a special, really special moment. He's been playing good. He hasn't been playing like he was playing at the end of the Milwaukee series in a couple of games. This could be the night that he does. I'll, I'll take the heat so, to end it. I'll stick with my prediction. I know it's eight right. and a half though. I I disagree with you. So. First of all, I mean, the Heat were up six points at half, right? Yep. And, and it actually looked like they were pretty... I, I wouldn't say in control, seat. but they were still... No, but they, were, they were in the driver's seat, yes. In the driver's seat, right? Mm-hmm. I felt like at the end of the day that they were going to take care of business the second half and then sweep it and, and we could just call it Boston's you know, year a, a massive, massive, terrible debacle. Yeah, and then and then Tatum started playing again. Like again, we but, saw this against Philly in Game Six, and then it right. turned into Game Seven. I truly believe that when you score sixty-four points and you outscore the other team by twenty-three points in the second half, that that momentum going home will continue, right? And and, and it very I'm much laying, might. And I'm not laying eight and a half, right? I'll take the eight and a half points because I think no matter what, this comes down to a you know a five six point game. But I'm going to say that Boston sends this back to Miami and makes this a little more, ooh, right? So I just don't think, I think with the talented team that they have, no Gabe Vincent, at home, momentum on their side, a little breather that they didn't get swept, I'm going to take Boston. The Celtics live for these type of runs that they've been having. Mm-hmm. We, like you said, game six, game seven, they had it in Philly. This game, we saw them have it in the second half. Like when they when they start firing from three, where we said, Boston starts finding their three-point shot. This was the team that made the most in the or attempted and made yeah. the most in the NBA this season. Like they can kill you on the three. They can go on runs. Tatum, we saw him make they four in a minute. The we saw him four in a minute. He ended a, he ended a series. Like w- this team goes on 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 runs where Tatum gets it started and then it feeds to everyone else. Even Derek White was hitting his threes. Freaking, I, I don't know how Grant Williams is coming back and he's like adding offense to this team. Like when they desperately yeah. need someone to step up, he has. Like when they're when they're playing like that, and then defensively they get stops, turnovers, steals. That that was most impressive to me. The Celtics can easily match the Heat's defensive mentality. We just that's the first game I've seen it in this series. Will they put two together? I don't. I, I don't know. I, I I said the Heat would win in five. I'm gonna stick with it. It's not my most confident pick, but I I don't want to go back and forth and change. Listen, this come. I think what we've seen in this series is that the team that shoots better wins. Right. I mean, two games ago, Miami destroyed Boston by scoring 19 three-pointers, shooting 54%. This game, they score eight three-pointers and shoot 25%. 
right? Right. Boston goes out and shoots 18 three-pointers at 40%. These matter, right? When when you're putting Mm -hmm. the ball in the bucket, you're going to win. And as good as these defenses are and as good as these teams, you know, can lock the other team down, if you are scoring at 50% from the field and 40% from three-point land, you're going to win the game. And, and I, I think at home, Boston will, will push this to game six. All right. So we'll see about that tonight there. And uh, Maybe we'll even have uh, on the next episode even. I know the, the schedule looks like game six, if there is, is Saturday. Game seven yeah. will be Monday. So by the time we come out with a new episode, I mean, we don't even know. It would be the most insane comeback, though, to be 3-0 and them to force that game seven. I'll, I'll say this. Or you, or you go first. What was I say? Because because I picked Boston to extend this series, I still am picking the Heat to go to the finals. Gotcha. So that that's what I was going to end this, you know, with was that the Heat the Heat have two games to get this. This is not do or die tonight. They can lose yeah. this game. They can play a good game and lose. Take it back to Miami, but then they have to win Game Six because it goes back to Game Seven in in TD. They they they're done. They they blow that three zero and it's Game Seven. Uh, I'll take Tatum, you know, and what he's ever done it before. I don't so expect it to happen. The Heat now. have two games to, yep. to lock in and, and get a win. I think they know that. I think Jimmy Butler knows that. And I think he's, he does it in these next two. All yep. right. That's playoff talk. And now we get into second half of this episode. Let's get into NFL talk. Let's we go. continue our offseason coverage. I know it's May, but we just want to talk NFL. And we're getting close uh, to OTAs and summer workouts and some good stuff that we're seeing. And we're almost. We'll be at that that first Sunday in no time. But we have another sort of debate list uh, that we're going to go through today. We're going to go through top five wide receiver rooms in the NFL. Not trios, not duos. Nice. Hold on. Are we including tight ends or just wide receivers? Nah, no no tight ends on this list. Right. I know that, that the tight ends yeah. are, are you know, we, we don't give them enough love. But we'll, we, yeah. we might have a tight end list, uh, list right. later in the uh in in you know upcoming but in this one top five wide receiver rooms the rules are the rules are simple it's wide receiver room so it's not the trio it's not you know duos this is five six deep who has the best you know wide receiver room there and if right. you have a guy up there that is a top wide receiver that impacts it as well so don't think we're just looking at it as depth it, it you know the top guys do matter so that's sure. how and i looked not, at it and and the way i looked at this is we we're not predicating on who their quarterback is Right. I mean, right. This, this is, is just, this is strictly looking at the teams talent. and how they talent. have how they have stacked a talented wide receiver room. Um, All right. And that's that's how I'll go about this. So I, let's start with it. honorable mentions here. I don't I don't want to take too much time, but I'm just going to list some teams off here that didn't make it, but have really good wide receiver rooms. Not the depth, but they have the top two guys. Whatever. Uh, for me, I'm Miami. They have Hill. Whoa. They have they, they they have Waddle, but you know, outside of that, I don't love any of their depth there. Um, you know, our Cowboys, I love CeeDee Lamb and, and, you know, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup, we could see, but poo poo at three, four, and five, or four, four, five, and six, not a lot of depth there. If you're the Cowboys, they could still make a move there. Um, and then two other teams that I, I would put there. I really like the Ravens top three, Odell, Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, very young. And then Odell, we just have no idea. So I couldn't put it there. And then the Eagles, we saw them make the Super Bowl. You got your 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 two headed monster with with Brown and Devonte Smith, but outside of that, the Eagles don't have much uh, there, and they didn't need a lot because they were a running team. And I understand that, but I'm not going to put them as a top five team uh, wide receiver core. All right, for my honorable mention side, I also have the Cowboys outside of the top five. 
You know, you just with with Gallup not being the old the first year Gallup yet, I don't have the confidence that we have a strong enough wide receiver core. Um, I also believe that the Eagles are on the outside of that top five, just because again, it is two guys and really it's their tight ends that make the entire wide receiver core better, but we're not counting mm -hmm. tight ends. So I couldn't put them in the top five. And the other one that you didn't mention that I really love and I was on the outskirts is Jacksonville, yep. right? Hey, we're, the, we're Ridley, there for me too, but I, I did. Yeah, Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. Uh, that's a hell of, hell of a threesome. Yeah. Hell of, so, hell of a trio. So it was, it, again, tough list. Tough, tough list. list. Like I had Jacksonville tough hanging around there. I didn't know if I could put him over. But I also, have, I also have Buffalo on the outside looking in. You know, too, even though yeah. they have Gabe Buff Davis and Stephon Diggs. I'll, I'll give you one more. The, the Bears? I mean, I know we're talking about the Bears. Like Chase Claypool. Uh, no, uh, anything with – listen, after the last year's fantasy football, no, I'm not putting Chase Claypool Chase Claypool, on Claypool uh, Mooney <laughs> back and healthy, and then they just traded for DJ Moore. That's a hell of a threesome. He could bite uh, me. Let's go top five. Five to one. I will start at okay. five, and yep. I may sound like a dumbass for this, but yep. I don't really care. I looked at this, and I was like, this has to be top five. Again, yep. we don't care about the team. We don't care about the quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. The Arizona Cardinals have the fifth best wide receiver core what? in the NFL. What? Hear me out. Look at this. Okay, hear me out. Go ahead. Deo Let's just start off. DeAndre Hopkins. Like I know the contract okay. situation is there, but DeAndre Hopkins is still DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown is their number two. And then Rondell Moore, you know, is a speedster. They're number three. The other guys, they have Zach Pascal and Greg Dorch, who was great in the, you know, last season. I like that five some there. I think you're, you're really looking at Hopkins there as is still the guy is still a guy we consider top 10. He carries that bunch. But then what, what Marquise Brown did after, you know, his injury uh, last year, you know, I thought he had a good season, uh, 67 catches, 700 yards three touchdowns in, in only, I believe, eight games. So, I don't know. I, I think that that when you look at those two, Rondell Moore has had flashes in the past. Adding Pascal, who's a veteran, Greg Dortch, I know you're a fan. Uh, you put him in your DraftKings yep. a couple times. Yep. So, yep. when I looked at it, five deep of, of really solid guys carried by Hopkins, like, that had to be top five for me. It was surprising to me. That's, mm. that's how I have it. Coming mm. is at five. But, but, mm. car, but, but don't get me wrong. The worst team in the NFL this year, but they do have a really good wide receiver core. And if you look at this, they have the most expensive wide receiver core uh, room. So maybe maybe that ties no. in. But I, I can't do I, it. I, think man. I, I can't. I can't even put in my top twenty. Like I can't. I like. I, I'm so 20. not. I'm not even. I'm not even on the same planet as you on this one. This is why All we right. clarified before because I I wanted to know: Are we taking into account all these things? And when we said no, I said. I, Screw it, I'm That's doing fine. it. That's fine. That's fine. Okay, we're we're gonna be so different on this. It's not even funny. Oh, we're gonna be so All different. Right. We we may yeah. we may have only one of the same top five. It, it, might. it might be, but you had the same honorable mentions in me. So I'll take. I'll say we have okay. two, two, right. uh, two. Yeah, right. I, I say we have three, but but not in the right order. All right, for number five for me, I have the New York Jets. Okay, right? the, the, this is the most underrated wide receiver core in the NFL. It's I, I can agree with you on that. And there are four for me, yeah. so I'll let you speak. And then they are four okay. for me. So okay. it, it is I mean, by far the most underrated. I agree. Yes, this, this, is, this is the uh, rookie of the year, Garrett Wilson, who exploded on the scene without a quarterback who could throw a football, right? Yep. You've added Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, two very pro, you know, solid wide receivers that understand you know, how to get open. And then you still have Corey Davis. And then the best add of the all was McCall Hardman. 
right? So right. now you've added speed to all of it and given them a, a little junk guy who could literally take a two-yard pass and go, you know, 90 yards. I, I think five deep, that much talent, not including the tight ends, I'm giving the New York Jets at number five. They just have so much at the wide receiver. They have, they have six guys that are considered really good wide receivers. Uh, Randall sure. Cobb being your sixth wide receiver in, in today's NFL is pretty nuts. Like Randall Cobb can still play if you need him. You need him to run four routes a game, he'll go and do that. Probably, probably the best six, six wide receiver on any depth chart in the NFL right now. Um, yes. You know, if they can ever get anything out of Mims, we know he has untapped potential there. Oh, and we, then, we didn't even mention right. Denzel Mims. Yeah. And then and then when you look at the top four, like Corey and, Davis. Oh, and Corey Davis. And Corey Davis. I Corey Davis, Davis, Lazard on the outsides. Wilson can move around. Miko Hardman in the slot. Like, they just, they, they have a, they have, Two out, really solid outside vertical threats. They have speed yeah. inside. Wilson yes. is just the X factor. He could do anything. I seriously think that people aren't giving uh, Garrett Wilson enough respect. Like, this guy was unreal last year with no quarterback. You're giving him Aaron no Rodgers now. Gar Garrett Wilson's going to have an excellent year. I don't, I don't know why people aren't thinking Garrett Wilson's good. Yeah, he may not be a top 10 wide receiver yet, but Zach Wilson or Zach Wilson. Uh, Garrett Wilson's going to have a really good, really good year. Yes. All right, so who do you have at five? So I thought you were at Arizona at five. Right. So, at four, I, I, I have the Jets. I agree with you. Okay. They're underrated, like I just said. Um, yeah. I, I don't think they uh, – the, again, the, like the Cardinals, Hopkins is yeah. there. All three guys that I have above have one, maybe two elite guys. The Jets, again, love Wilson. Think he's underrated. Could have an amazing breakout year. I wouldn't categorize them as elite yet. They have a bunch – they have six good guys. So that's why they had yes. to be four. If we're talking about a receiver room – they got to be top five. They've, they've stacked the position. All right. For number four, for me, I have the LA Chargers, right? Okay. I mean, and, and I'm list, really a little higher, a little higher. Struggle to not put them higher. Yes, I was very close to putting them higher. But Keenan mm. Allen is aging, right? Mike Williams, unfortunately, can't stay healthy. But if you have a healthy Keenan Allen, a healthy Mike Williams, you added Quentin Johnson, Johnson at a TCU, who might be the best wide receiver coming out of this class. Right. And yep. you still have Josh Palmer and Jalen Guyton. Like yeah, they are so stacked at wide receiver that literally Justin Herbert should be drooling for this season to start. Drooling. I, I agree. The Chargers have done everything they can to surround Justin Herbert with weapons, to surround his offensive line with good protection, and to to what they did last year in free agency and this year to to sign some defenders. Like the Chargers have done as a management. When you look at it, they have done everything they can to set their young QB up for success. Like this Chargers yeah. team has to have a good year this year. And their wide receiver core, you have them at uh, at four there. I have a little higher. Yeah. I'll talk about them in a little bit. Okay. But three okay. for me uh, would be the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I, I think that the, the Vikings are being overlooked as a team that maybe takes a step back this year. Um, but you still got to look at the weapons and offensively what Kirk Cousins has to throw to this year. Justin Jefferson is still the Best wide receiver in the league. He's, he's been that for two years now. Um, and just match that on the other side with Jordan Addison in, in the first round. Like Jordan Addison is an unbelievable player. I thought he was underrated in this draft too. Could, like you said about Johnston, could be the best you know wide receiver out of this class. Um, and KJ Osborne has been the three number three wide receiver there forever, I feel like now. And he's got to be one of the best third options in the league. He has had, you know, he had a really good season last year too. Uh, Jalen Rager, they picked up. You know, he could have a little bit of juice left. Um, Josh Naylor. No, or, no juice. Uh, 
I, I think that that could be a sneaky, sneaky uh, Jalen uh, Naylor could be a sneaky kind of pick that they had out of Michigan State um, in the late rounds. Like, there, it is I, I, top heavy, but Jefferson, Addison, Osborne, Naylor, Rager, that, mm-hmm. that's got to be a top five receiving core. It, it is, it's too stacked, too much speed, too much good route running. Yep. It's, it's, it's three for me. So when I maybe it's high, did, maybe it's high. You know, the high. Jets, the Jets are there, but but Jefferson is so good, and I still think that having the best receiver there, and not just having him and having other guys around him, is make you know makes it three for me. So I originally had them in my top five, and then I took them out when I re- really looked deeper, and it just was because of depth, right? When losing Adam Thielen. Right, they they replace Thielen with with Addison. Right, so but that's Thielen great. replaced with Addison is an upgrade when you look at it from that. Mm, well, let, let's see if it's Th- an Thielen, upgrade. Before. Thielen's done. Like Thielen is done. He's past his prime. He's on the the last couple legs of his career, and they replaced him with Jordan Addison, who won the Belinikoff, you know, two years ago in in yeah. college football. So I don't. Know, I, I think it's a it's an underrated pick, just like Wilson, just like the pick of Johnston could really work out for the Chargers and. And the Vikings yeah. are going to have like a high-powered offense again. It's going to happen. They're just going to have to play yeah. 40 to 35 every, you know, like they did last year. So, Yeah, so I, I agree. I'm not as high on K.J. Osborne as you are. I didn't think that the overall depth was as good. I put them in that sort of six to eight range for so me. B- before, yeah. you go to, before you go to your three right here, like yeah, I'm assuming we already said the Chargers and they'll be next for me. And I'm assuming we probably yeah. have the same number one. Your number three is not on my list, I don't think. No. So I'm kind no. of confused where you're going with this. But right. I actually, I think I do know where you're going with this. But but I'll let you okay. speak, and right. I'll tell you if my prediction's correct. I'll keep it in my head, and I'll okay. I'll be honest. Right. Don't worry. No, number number three for me is when you have three wide receivers. I knew it. I knew it. Absolutely Wait, dominant. Dominant. Maybe we don't have the same number one. Did you put them at three? Who'd you put it? The three. Seattle Seahawks. Okay, that's who I thought. Okay, okay. Yeah. I thought I, I thought it. Would, I thought you were going a little crazy there. But yes, the no, Seahawks. If, yeah. If you have the, if you have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and you add Jackson Smith the Jigba, who I think, in my opinion, was the best wide receiver coming out of this draft, you have a three-headed monster that very few teams, other than my number one team, can match. Right. right. I don't know how you can't put them in your top five. Right. When you have that, <sighs> yep. when you have three guys who all can make the Pro Bowl. I wanted to bad. I really did. Just like you said, that you had the Vikings in there, and then you took them out. Same mm-hmm. thing for me. I had the Seahawks mm-hmm. in here, took them out eventually for depth. But that big three is nothing to mess around with. That is deadly. Um, so deadly. that's why we love Seattle this year. But that three is deadly. They don't have much outside of that. But no, I respect. I respect the number three put for Seattle there. They have. Yeah. They they have. And I it's don't weird. Think they need anybody else. It hasn't even been a turnaround. Like they had right. DK Metcalf, Lockett's been on the team forever since Russell Wilson's been there, and then they just add JSN. Like they hadn't had to do much. Their guys have just Ooh. been consistently good for so long now, and then they add right. Najigba, and, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a year for Seattle. They could have an yes. explosive uh, offense. I think uh, so. So that's at three there. I'm um, at two for me. Is that's where I have the Chargers. Um, you had a little. Okay. Bit I'll put the Chargers high up there because, like you said, like it, it all depends on injury there, but. I mean, this is this is insane when you have uh, Keenan Allen, uh, Williams on the other side, Johnston, who's going to somehow fit in there as well, and then Guyton and Palmer, who were two of, if you play fantasy football, were two Palmer. of the most talked about players the entire year because guess what? Last year, Williams and, and, and Keenan Allen were not healthy, so those guys stepped up yep. and still produced. 
still produced yeah. uh, good numbers with Herbert. So let's give Herbert some some good luck this year. Let's channel our energy because I don't want to mm-hmm. see this Chargers team go through any more pain than they have for as long as it's been. Uh, but but this is five. I mean, you got you got a Keenan Allen. I still consider elite. He's still a star. I, I know he's aging. I know he's hurt. I mean, when Williams is out there, he's one of the best over the top deep threats, you know, big, big catch kind of guys. And Johnston, we're all talking about, it, you know, again, they picked him because of those injuries to those guys. You put Johnston on the outside, he could be a, a Mike Williams replacement and Guyton and Palmer could fill in as well. They are so deep. When you combine talent and depth, the Chargers yeah. have the most talented deep receiver core in the league. I just couldn't put them at one. I just couldn't put them at one because of the three-headed monster that both of us are going to have at one. But the Chargers, yeah. I mean, man, they they have they have if not the best, they have the second best receiver core in all of football. I put them at two. Okay, so for my number two, and I'm just I'm literally shocked. I'm I'm shocked that you do not have this in your top five. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you can put my Miami in the top five. I, I still think they have the second best receiving core. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, right? Are you have two one thousand yard guys, two plus one hundred catch guys, and now you still have Cedric Wilson, who I believe is a good talent if they could just get him the ball, and you've added Braxton Berrios, who I think is a great little slot guy, right? I, 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 I have a hard time, you know. I mean, they, they have River Raycraft, they have Freddie Swain, they got from Denver. This wide receiver room can keep throwing people at you, but you have the two of the five best wide receivers on the same team. I'm not a fan of anything outside of Hill and Waddle. I am not a fan of, of You weren't of a Wilson. fan of Cedric Wilson when he was on the Cowboys? I was a fan of Cedric Wilson when he had Dak Prescott throwing the ball. But mm-hmm. with Tua now, like with Tua now, he's, he's not the same. He's not going to be the same player there. He'll never have the same role with those two guys ahead of him. Like, I don't love that. Like, we're talking mm-hmm. Craig Craft. We're talking Braxton Berrios, who's had good years there, but on, you know, crappy teams where he just was, was had high volume. I think like we're talking about guys that are good, maybe good, decent average players. These guys are, are not their depth players are nothing of what these top five teams have um, down the list. I understand the top two is unreal. It's the best duo in all football. Like, but if you're but the again, we're talking about rooms. How are they not your top five? We're talking about rooms. They have nothing else outside of that, uh, that two. I, I, I don't I like anything. With, I can, I can live with those two. I can live with those two. Maybe, maybe I would put them at five on, on my list. Five, six. They're, they're not too far down there. They're an honorable mention for me, but they are nowhere near the Chargers or our number one. I think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are two of the top five wide receivers in the league. And if I get two of the top five on the same team, you're in my top three. Right. That's a good reason. I can't argue with that, but maybe I've hot water a little higher than me. But yeah, Tyreek Hill just... It, it changes it, and that's Waddle. the reason the Vikings were high there. If again, if I would put the Miami Dolphins anywhere, it'd be five instead of the Cardinals. But the Cardinals was just yeah. too funny to see your face. I, I, the reaction I, was too I, funny. I don't know what the hell you were thinking. Okay, number one, um, we all have the same number one is the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, it is. And Jamar Chase and T Higgins and and Tyler Boyd is the best trio in all of football. And now let's let's talk about that in a second. They already. They added Charlie Jones, who was one yep. of my favorite steals in the NFL draft out of Purdue. This guy is going to be the fourth wide receiver on this team. And they also have Irwin, who had a couple touchdowns for them last year. You just watch Bengal games. He, he was a red zone target as well. Trent, so. Trent, Trenton Irwin is not a throwaway. 
No, he's not. Like you gotta you gotta acknowledge him and then Charlie Jones, I expect, I don't know if he'll get playing time or or he's gonna be in that that wide receiver rotation, but Charlie Jones is a a really good receiver, deep threat on this team, could be put put in there, you know, in the, the third, fourth quarters as someone that's just a fresh body that could give you a, a go route and, and make an explosive play. Like when you have the, all you need behind those three guys is two guys like Irwin and, and Charlie Jones. And that makes this the best, you know, room in all of, of football, even without them, that top three. I mean, you talk about people that you could, you consider top five on the Dolphins um, with Waddle and, and Hill there. I mean, look at yeah. Jamar Chase and T Higgins. Those are two top 10 wide receivers on the same team. 100%. Boyd Boyd is one of the best third options, um, you know, now in the league. And, and this Bengals team, you know, as, as, as had this for the last two years and we've seen what they've done with it, it's only going to get better with Chase Higgins and, and Boyd and the guys that they've I, added. I don't, I don't think that there's anybody who would disagree that they're the number one wide receiver core in the league. No, and, and I don't think you can disagree because no, nobody else, ha- even if you have a top three or you have a duo, and, and duos we can talk about Chase versus Higgins and then the, the Dolphins duo there, but take the trio. Take, you have to put Boyd in there. Boyd deserves to be put in there. He's mm-hmm. a great wide receiver. There's yep. not a trio that matches it. There just isn't yep. in the league. Yep. So you have to do that. The guys that they've added, it makes them, it solidifies their room. And, and they, they just have an unreal, you know, uh, wide receiver room. I think the one thing that really hammers the point is T. Higgins would be the number one option on 25 on any other teams. Team. Yeah, uh, easily. I mean, I mean, he would he would have a he would already have had a, a 13, 1400 yard season take, take, by now. Take away take away Minnesota, take away uh, you know Buffalo, take away you know just a handful of teams you know mm-hmm. where they they have just you know top eight, top ten studs. Everybody else, T Higgins would be the number one option. T Higgins last year had seventy four catches for a thousand yards and seven touchdowns, and um, he missed a couple games as the second option with Tyler Boyd on your team. With a yep. tight end on your team and a team that has Joe Mixon, yeah, I mean it, it's and, ridiculous. And he didn't play. And he didn't play every game. And he was hurt for at least two of those games. Right. So, so th- this Cincinnati team with what they have right now, and again, this is a big. This is just another talking point um, for another time with the Bengals as just a team and their wide receivers here. Like Chase still hasn't gotten paid. He's going to get paid. T Higgins is going to get paid. You know, Boyd. I'm sure his contract is coming up too. Like they're going to have to. They're going to have to figure out a way to pay these guys because these are going to become two of the highest paid wide receivers in all of football. Can they afford both of them? No. T. Higgins will not be a Bengal next year. Wow. I I still think that they want to keep this duo. Like, it it is worked. It's such a – it's worked so good together. They won't have the cap room. I I don't know. They're both going to demand $25 upwards. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to be yeah. tough to do. No one, no one's been able to do it. I mean, we've seen yep. all these teams create at the right time, create these, these duos and these trios, but eventually it doesn't work. You know, what, what happens when Waddle has to get paid over in, in right. Miami? It's just not going to work out with keeping no. both of them. So, No, there's, there's a certain point where you're just going to have to go, mm, can't do it. When this goes out uh, in the morning, we could have an NBA final set. We could have an NHL Stanley Cup set. So we'll see what happens in these, in these uh, uh, almost – over series if the Celtics can make any noise. I don't know. NHL will be over. The NBA ain't going to be over.